0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation. With Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation post-game edition here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn Deshaun Reed. And the story of the night isn't the Raiders' 44 27 loss to the Colts. That really is a backbreaker for their playoff hopes. Doesn't end their playoff hopes, but really hurts them. Story of the night, of course, is that less than three hours after the Raiders lost to the Colts. John Gruden fired defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. A move that I think fans have speculated about. We've talked about the warm bum, as uh, as Vic put it. Uh, we had the, the warm bum meter, and I mean, honestly, I think... This is probably a move that if the Raiders had lost last week to the Jets as bad as they played that game, maybe it happens then. Now it happens ahead of the short week against the Chargers. But the Raiders, they have to win out at this point to have a shot at the playoffs. And uh, this was the one card that, uh, that Gruden had to play.
3: I guess. I, mean, I don't really. The timing is really weird. You, know, you mentioned that. I can't ever caught Cornetta getting fired in a short week, but they got gashed the last two weeks. They gave up 400 yards rushing, and obviously on top of all the pass rush problems they've had all year long. So, I mean, they had an uptick for a while, like about a month ago, but the defense has been pretty bad. It's actually gotten worse the last few games. So, I get it. I mean, you can't fire all the players. I mean, you got to do something. He's trying... I kind of called it a Hail Mary in my story. So, I mean... We'll see what, if it makes a difference. I'm curious, you know, what happens the rest of the way.
2: Hey, man, they scored on the last play of the game last week. That wasn't a hail mary, but that one worked.
4: There you go. All right. I kind of wrote my my game story before the the news broke that, like, even firing Gunther, I don't think that would result in their defense being wildly better the, the last three weeks. Just because, I mean, I think this far into the season, you kind of are who you are. Obviously, they had some starters out: Malik Collins, Damon Arnett, Jeff Heath, but. Even when they've been fully healthy or close to fully healthy, they've still been bad. So I think the defense is just going to be it is what it is at this point in the season. And, you know, I guess firing Gunther may have some kind of benefit, but uh, this is more of a long term play. Obviously, you know, they're going to replace him next season. I think that was probably going to happen anyway, even if he did finish the season. So it's just kind of getting the ball rolling early.
2: You know, and so obviously, where they go from here is that Rod Marinelli, who has coordinator experience, obviously with the Cowboys, um, longtime NFL coach, he takes over as the interim defensive coordinator. And again, they play in in you know, on on Thursday. There is really no time to make wholesale changes, adjustments, but uh, we'll we'll see what he can do. I mean, I guess this may be an opportunity for him to to prove that He can maybe take the job full time, but uh, Vic, as you wrote, <laughs> I mean, the defensive line has been terrible, it's been worse than it was last year. And here's the guy that gets a promotion.
3: I mean, two of the biggest busts this year have been Carl Nassib and Malik Collins, and their defensive linemen. I just, I mean, and if, if Rod had some secrets about you know, improving Jonathan Abrams' angles or about getting Corey Littleton involved, I hope he would have shared them by now. I hope he wasn't keeping holding out, but um, obviously, we'll see what he can do. I mean, you mentioned short week, then he's got two weeks after that, but. I mean, I guess you make the defense simpler. I mean, if you can, I mean, a lot of players talk about Gunther's scheme being kind of complex, taking a while to kind of pick it all up, but that's not really, that's just an excuse. So, I mean, we'll see what he does as far as scheme wise. But, I mean, as far as generating pressure, I mean, Gunther tried blitzing, didn't work. So, I'm I'm very curious to see what uh, Rod does um, the rest of the way.
1: As far as the schematic difference, I don't think that he's going to be able to make too much of a scheme change in a short week and with only a few weeks left in the season. I just feel like. This Colts game was rock bottom. Like the Colts offense is better than average, but they they look like you know the Kansas City Chiefs this week, and I just think that they think that there's nowhere to go, and this coaching change might give them a spark. I think they're just hoping for something to spark this defense for the last three games. But I mean, you know, you're going from Gunther, who the players think his system might be too complicated, to Rod Marinelli, who's historically has run a very, very, very simple cover two system but I I just don't think you could run cover two as predominant defense in today's league and the Raiders don't have the front to run a cover two defense because you need a really strong front seven because you're gonna back up two safeties uh, if you're gonna do cover two all the time so I think maybe if Marinella might just get them to focus on fundamentals more and simplify things a little bit but I, I just don't see any huge schematic change that Putting Marinelli in is going to somehow fix this defense. You know, so when you
2: look back at Gunther's tenure, I mean, obviously, you know, Vic, you wrote it that last in the league in his nearly three seasons in points allowed and sacks. You know, and I think if if we're fair to Gunther, the first year he really had nothing to work with. He took the job expecting to be coaching Khalil Mack as the the centerpiece of that defense and. He met him once only because they happened to have dinner at the same place. And, and his son recognized him, I think. And, you know, he went and said hi to him. And, and that was the only time he ever got to meet him, really. So I, I know for him, it, it was kind of fighting uphill that first year. You know, over the last couple of years, they've tried to add pieces through the draft, through free agency. I mean, they've spent money definitely in free agency. Uh, You know, you look at all the money they spent on on uh, Corey Littleton, Nick uh Carl Nassib. And, you know, this is obviously another condemnation on Rod Marinelli that Malik Collins is, is a Marinelli guy, I mean, a defensive lineman from the Cowboys. But they kept adding pieces, and the defense wasn't getting any better.
3: Yeah, even go back to last year. I mean, their big signing last year was Lamarcus Jordan. He was pretty bad last year. He's still pretty – I mean, he's not – bad. I mean, whatever. He's gotten maybe a little better this year, but by no means is he an impact player. And if you look at their salary cap, I mean, I think, I think like 38% of the salary cap is on defense – which is whatever, but the two highest paid guys are Carl Nassib, the healthy scratch the last two weeks, and a nickel cornerback who doesn't really do much, so that's not good. So, I mean, again, if, whether it's Gunther not using these guys correctly, or these guys not playing well, that, well? I guess we'll see now that Gunther's gone of how much of the problem he really was.
4: Yeah, I think it's it's fair to, like I said, saying Gunther, he he walked into a bad situation with the defense, but you know, whether you want to blame him for not using the pieces right or, or blame Mayock and Gruden for the free agent signings, the, the short of it is the defense just wasn't good in this season. I mean, right now they're on pace to have the second worst, you know, points per game allowed in the franchise history. So even with all that investment and in not only the free agency, but, you know, draft capital, getting guys like Trayvon Mullen and Jonathan Abram and Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby and Damon Arnett this year, they're going backwards almost, at least in terms of points per game. So, It just seems like he was getting worse and and there really wasn't much reason to believe it would get better. So I I agree with the decision. You know, I think we're all in consensus on that, but you know, like I said earlier, I just don't think this is a move that is going to have that much short term payoff. It's more of a, I won't say it's for the image of it, but um, if this does kind of crash and burn down here at the end of it, it kind of gives somebody to pass it off to.
2: It allows them going into these final three weeks to say, Hey, I mean, if you don't try anything, You know, and you just watch this season completely flutter away from you for a team that what they were six and three at one point going into the the Chiefs game. If you let that just kind of completely flutter away without trying anything, then you deserve to be ripped even more. And I think a lot of people are probably going to say, why did they do this earlier?
3: Well, I think even tonight, though, after the game, God, we talked to Gruden before, you know, well before he fired Gunther. But even tonight, he did that thing where he says, "I'm not trying to make excuses," but and he lists off like five guys who didn't play. I mentioned the, and so I think he's used injuries and all the COVID stuff as, as an excuse all year long. And so the question would be then, does not Gunther get that same excuse? But again, they were bad, and they, and they gotten worse. So I mean, by no means am I defending Paul Gunther or saying he shouldn't have gotten fired and the numbers. Been bad over three years and they've gotten worse the last two weeks. So, but my question is the timing is weird on a short week and giving the job to, I mean, my big thing all year long was if you're going to fire him, who's going to get the job? And I kept people kept saying, well, obviously, Rod Marinelli. I'm like, why is that obvious? I mean, the guy hasn't done anything in my mind since he got here. So, but again, a different job. So, we'll see how he, t- how he takes it on.
2: All right. So here's a reason for optimism. If you're the Raiders and it's from a guy who tweets nothing but positive, optimistic tweets, uh, Josh Dubow. He points out that the Ravens in 2012 fired Cam Cameron as offensive coordinator after 13 games and then won the Super Bowl that season with Jim Caldwell as interim OC. Now the Rams had obviously one of those really good defenses and and whatnot, not a comparable situation. But it has happened; a team has fired a coordinator after 13 games, and and that has sparked them on a run. So, uh, Raider fans, you can uh, you can go ahead and point to that if you want uh, a reason to feel optimistic that this uh, can can fuel some
4: kind of change. I don't know about the the optimism for this season, um, as far as the defense goes. But anyway, I think you know the overall for the team is that you know, depending on what happens with this Ravens game tomorrow with them going against the Browns, if they were to lose that game, the Raiders pretty much control their destiny because if they went out, they would get that final playoff spot, obviously, because they'd beat the, the Dolphins who lost today and have the tiebreaker over them. And then the Ravens, they would have a better conference record than them. So even though this is a terrible loss and, you know, the last really the last four games have been pretty rough for the Raiders, they do have a chance here down the stretch with. You know, obviously a tough team in the Dolphins, but two teams in the Chargers and the Broncos that, that haven't been that good this season. So the opportunity is still there. Like the season isn't over with yet. I and, know and on, on both of our stories tonight, we've gotten a lot of, you know, the world is burning comments, but it's, it's not completely, you know, out of the picture to make the playoffs. It's just that the margin of error is basically gone at this point.
2: We'll be right back
0: after a quick word from our sponsors.
2: It comes down to how do you have confidence in this team winning three games in a row when, you know, really the last three weeks they played terribly. I mean, the three weeks ago against Atlanta obviously was just a, an abysmal performance last week against the Jets in a win was a, a pretty bad performance. And this one, I mean, you know, the offense was was moving the ball well early. I mean, the, the, they were in this game for quite a while. But, you know, when you have a defense that bad and then suddenly a couple a couple of mistakes offensively, I mean, the uh, the fumble by Hunter Renfro, then the pick six, uh, it gets away from you quickly when you just don't have a defense that can ever be relied on.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about getting no pressure is one thing, but when I mean, you can't stop the run. When <laughs> I mean, the Colts did whatever they wanted to, they averaged, what, 7.7 yards a play. So it was a weird game. I mean, I was surprised the Raiders kind of started off slow and they came back. About fourteen ten, and I think it was like a what a thirty four to six run by the Colts. And that was um, that was it for for Paul Gunther. And um, we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure that, I mean, I know all these guys after the game. the players talked about how it's a short week and you I, you know, put this game behind you right away. But I'm not sure it's that simple. I think the confidence is a big part of football. I think the confidence has to be pretty low right now, especially in defense. If you realize you got you know your coordinator fired, so I don't really know um, what's going to happen on Thursday night, but. Um, yeah, but it's it'll be a tough game. I mean, obviously the Chargers are, are not having a great year, but it should be a tough game.
4: I know Gruden, what his closest stuck out to me tonight was, I think Jeremy McDonald asked him about the red zone possessions because they weren't good down there today. And, you know, specifically about him settling for field goals twice in the second half and goal-to-go situations. You know, he's saying, you know, if you have a chance to make it a one-score game, you have to trust your defense. I mean, at this point, you can't trust this defense anymore. Like, Like, especially if you're in a game where it's looking like it's a shootout, I mean, if you have like a a fourth and long or something like that, that's understandable. But if it's a a fourth and manageable and you have an opportunity to go get six, I I think they have to start doing it almost every time now on offense because that's really the only way they're going to be able to, you know, account for how bad this defense is playing right now.
3: And Green's never really been a kind of guy who's going to go for it anyway on both fourth downs. He's a little little on the conservative side. And I thought one call tonight was strange. I think they had a third and goal at the 10-yard line and they threw it to, like, a seven-yard pass. And it was incomplete. But if you're going to, obviously, throw it like, like that and throw of the end zone on third and goal, that, to me, indicates you're going to go for it on fourth down and they could be a field goal. So I just think the aggressive approach has not always been his way. I think that's um, not just because defense has, has been bad.
1: Yeah, I think, like, you got to be able to adjust. I mean, you know, to say that you're going to trust your defense to, to get the ball back when they've shown no evidence that they could against the Colts, I mean... How many times did the Colts not score on a drive in this game? You know, one you got to feel out how your defense is playing during the season, which is terrible, and then you got to feel the game flow out. And during you know this game, they just couldn't stop them at all. So I, I think you just have to be more aggressive on fourth down when you're when you're in this situation. And if you don't make it, then you know they'll at least be backed up. I don't understand the trusting your defense thing when they have shown no sign that they're trustworthy
4: i was going to say like i know it's gruden is like guess, his history to be safe and conservative but i mean you like this is pretty much do or die time like if you're going to be aggressive at any point now's the time to do it i mean they've done it in moments you know i mean like the falcons lost; it didn't work out but they went forward on fourth and one on their own side of the of the field early in the game so like ted said when you when you have you know, almost three quarters of information and you see how your defense is playing in the flow of the game. Like they got to ramp up that aggression, especially in the second half.
2: So the Raiders got three key players back in this game. And and Vic, uh, you wrote about it, uh, asked Gruden about it. Trent Brown, getting him back. Difference maker, Josh Jacobs, getting him back. Difference maker, Jonathan Abram, getting him back. Not so much. The wrong type of difference.
3: Yeah, he's changed his tone on on Abram the last few weeks. I mean, because remember after that Chiefs game, when he blew that play against Kelsey blew the game, John refused to mention him by name the whole week. and never would talk about how he blew the assignment or why it was his fault or just kind of made it a team thing. But now, I think that's twice in the last two weeks, he's called on Abram last week. uh, He couldn't stay on the field. And now saying he's got got to fix his mistakes, obviously he's making too many mistakes. So I think it's a change of tone. I think obviously Abram's become – you know, maybe the question mark is: is he part of the problem or is he part of the solution? I know everyone's looking forward to his return this week, but he definitely did not do um, a lot of good. He had that penalty early on, the first drive, the um, personal foul, he missed some tackles, and the, uh, the bad coverage of the T.Y. Hilton touchdown. So I think um, it's a little troubling for a guy who was, you know, first-round pick last year, who you thought was a difference maker and a leader.
2: There was also the, the touchdown run by Jonathan Taylor, the 62-yarder, where you know, the angles taken both by him and by Eric Harris. And then they just showed, I mean, they couldn't catch up to him. They took terrible angles. It was just wide open spaces there. Not that Jeff Heath should be considered a backbreaking injury. Cause you know, he's just kind of a guy, but having to rely on Eric Harris that, that much. And, and then not getting consistent play out of Abram. I mean, the safety play has just been pretty terrible just uh, uh, overall. I mean, and, and this is after what? They gave a million and a half to Marius Randall, and uh, he wasn't even good enough to stick around.
3: Yeah, that's definitely right. It's been a really weird position for them. And um, I don't know. We'll see what Robert Rinaldi's got uh, got in store. I'm looking forward to seeing what he has cooked up. But obviously they have problems, you know, in coverage. They have problems tackling, and they have problems uh, rushing the passer and stopping the run. So I'm not sure um, what you build on as far as the strength for this defense.
1: But well, looking forward to next season, do you think Rod Marinelli is a candidate to be a defensive coordinator for next season, or do you think they're they're definitely going to be looking
3: elsewhere? I think he is. I think Gruden, I mean, that's his guy. I mean, obviously, we talked about it earlier on in the season when he brought him in. I mean, Brenton Buckner did a good job last year, and he was very popular with the players, and he fired him because um, Marinelli became available. So I think if there's any kind of spark, any kind of improvement this uh, last three games, that would definitely be impetus to keep him on. But, yeah, you know, Rod's also getting up there. I'm not sure, Rod, talk to Rod, but I'm not sure he wants to do this, you know, be a coordinator at his age. So um, I guess we'll have to wait and see.
2: So here's a tough question: If you're a Raiders fan, do you want to see a spark out of this defense and and have it end up giving Marinelli the job going forward, or do you almost want to see them, you know, maybe be a little bit better, not significantly better, and kind of get a fresh start and get Gruden maybe to kind of open his eyes up to to bringing in somebody new? Because I mean, you know, we talked about it: Marinelli work as a as a position coach this year, certainly hasn't earned him a promotion. Maybe he somehow is a better defensive coordinator, but it almost might be that that kind of trying to weigh: Do you really want him to to do a good enough job over the next three weeks to get the job permanently, or would you rather have them uh, go bring in somebody fresh?
3: I joked about it recently, but uh, I keep talking about the Greg Williams. I mean, Greg Williams. I mean, John's got a lot of respect for Greg Williams, obviously, fans of wanting the Raiders of blitz more this year, that'd be the solution to both everyone's, everyone's problems blitzing like crazy but um i mean he's the one defensive coordinator who who is who has won a game for the raiders this oh season. that's a good line jimmy i like that one it's a little too soon though I My mean, guy just got fired and you're freaking dancing on his, on his grave but but yeah i mean there'll be plenty of guys available i just think um it all depends on if, if rod wants to do it if rod's up to it enough if, if rod does well enough his last few weeks to convince johnny he, he should be able to do it but um yeah gruden said he thinks he's one of the best coaches ever of all time in a. History of football, so we'll see. Best coaches
2: ever of all time in the history of football, man. This, I mean, this is gonna be a this is gonna, this is gonna be a great three weeks, man. We're gonna watch. I mean, three shutouts in a row put them in the books.
3: Well, let's, just, let's get some stops. I mean, yeah, let's get the. I mean, you eleven on third down. That's pretty. That's not good. I just think, um, really, the Colts can do whatever they wanted to. The coach can run and pass. You know, whenever they wanted to. So,
2: what do we think of the offense in this game? I mean, I know. I mean, they were you know, not certainly not the problem, um, you know, but they still didn't really get the running game going, uh, w- with Jacobs. you know, 13 carries, 49 yards. Uh, obviously they had to get away from the run there in the second half, but we still are kind of waiting for that running game to, to kind of reemerge.
3: Yeah. And John indicated he thought that Josh wasn't quite back to himself. He, he said, we'll get back to his old self soon. So maybe he wasn't quite you know hundred percent, but, um, I think Trent Brown made a difference today. I just think, um, I think teams definitely are stacking a box. I think they have to, you know, the Raiders have to prove they can, they can score consistently otherwise if they don't have the running game. And today they couldn't score every time, which you have to with, with that defense.
4: Yeah, I think the offense was fine. You know, they had some decent success running the ball. They just didn't do it that often. I don't think it was a situation where they were just getting stuffed every time, kind of what we've seen in, in more recent weeks. and. You know, until they had the kind of turnover spree at the end, there they they were they kept the team in the game even with how bad the defense was playing. So, I think there's you know some reasons for optimism for sure on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's usually the case with this team this season. So, I don't think this was a game that was played out the way it did because of any you know a major shortcoming on their end.
1: The offense played fine, but it's just the turnovers. They've been turning the ball over a lot and. Yeah, you know, especially with the fumbles. Renfro is not a big fumbler, but he, he fumbled today. That Kenny Moore interception was just an amazing play by him. And that pick six was you know obviously an unlucky drop that you got to catch. But I mean, at the same time, the defense were getting scored on every drive. So they were just kicking the ball out the end zone. So basically every drive they had to to drive you know 75 yards at least. So they were putting it in a good position, and then when they had to get one dimensional, the Colts just kind of got into their too high shell, and it's just hard to pass against that kind of kind of defense. But when when you're going against a top five defense like the Colts, you know if you're scoring 27, 30 points, that's a pretty good outing. But it's just you're asking a lot out of your offense to be able to put those kind of points on a defense as good as the
3: Colts i said say one interesting note was that uh, the last touchdown, obviously, it was garbage time touchdown, the last seven Raiders got. But before that drive, uh, Mariota was warming up. And I was like, holy crap, is he going to do it? But uh, I think Green changed his mind at the last minute and kept Carr in. But just imagine if Mariota had come in and gotten that garbage time touchdown. I want to tell that that would be the hot topic, yeah, obviously, besides to Gunther. But
2: yeah, I don't know. I mean, Carr wasn't the problem today. I'm not
3: saying it was. I'm just saying that. But people love the, you know, the question, Carr, I think, and Mariota. Who knows? But I'm just saying, I, I thought it was interesting that he warmed up and then didn't come in.
2: All right. Well, we won't have a, because of the Thursday night game, we won't have a show in the middle of the what? week getting you ready for that oh one. No, God. no show. Just, uh, we're going to go right to the Thursday night. Uh, i not going to have a Thursday morning show. We'll go to the Thursday night post game show. So, we got to make our predictions already. And, uh, and Vic is lucky. We get to let Vic go first because he already... He unfortunately made his prediction last week when he predicted the Raiders would win this game and then lose to the Chargers. So um, you didn't get this one right. Are you sticking with the, the lose to the Chargers pick?
3: Tough one because uh, Anthony Lynn's proven to be uh, quite the, the hard coach to uh, lose to. But I guess he won today. But all the players and coaches say it's not like last year. It's just different team, yada, yada, yada. But to me, it looks like the same team. It looks like the same uh, team as last year. kind of collapsed. So I think they're going to lose on, on Thursday also. Ted, what do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> you you, you want to get back to us? You want to give us a call later? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the Raiders
1: win. I mean, just some of the coaching mistakes Anthony Lynn has made this year. This is kind of comical.
3: That's oh, incredible. It's, a histori- it's historical.
1: I think the Raiders offense is playing well. I think they'll be able to move the ball, and I think we'll see some classic uh, Charger mistakes, and I think they'll pull this one out.
4: Yeah, this is a tough one. The Chargers beat the Falcons today. And transitive property you know the Falcons just whooped the, the Raiders not too long ago and you know this was a close game last time I mean you know the Raiders needed a pretty nice play by Isaiah Johnson at the last second to come away with the win there on the road um, and the Chargers are getting Austin Eckler back or he's already back and so he'll be playing um, so they may be a little better offensively than they were in that game but with all that being said I'm gonna say that on the short week after firing Gunther the defense is gonna get riled up and they play like not terrible on Thursday, and the offense will score enough for the Raiders to win.
2: Eckler had 24 touches uh, in, in Sunday's win over the Falcons. He had 15 carries, nine catches on nine targets. Uh, maybe he's a little too tired uh, for the uh, the short turnaround. I've been I'm stalling here because I'm still trying to make my decision, but I'm going to go ahead and pick a Raiders win. Yeah, score one for Rod Marinelli. Ow. We'll go. I'm gonna give you a score: thirty-one twenty-four. Raiders win it uh, on the short week.
3: I'm on an island. All right, that's cool.
2: You're on an island. I reserve the right. I, I might change by the time what? we actually write no, our prediction no set. no no changing. All We're right, in.
3: that's it.
2: I mean, don't forget like Nicholas Morrow left right.
3: the game injured. Jonathan Abram left the game with a concussion. whatever, but left the game with a concussion. So that's. Two of your you know, quote unquote impact guys who may not play Thursday.
1: Furl might not play Thursday Furl, too. Yeah,
3: Furl got hurt. Maybe uh, maybe it's down Levet's breakout game. That could be the secret to the whole thing. And your boy, your guy, uh, Tech McKinley it could be his first game. Whoo! How about that? Is he healthy? Is he all good? I mean, he's Is eligible. He... Who knows if he's healthy? But he definitely he, he can't come off the I.R. and sound like last week, like Gruden thought he was going to do something at some point. So, might as well.
2: Alright, Rod Marinelli and Tack McKinley are going to be the stars of the game. You forgot down Love it. was, it was, it was, it was, it was I didn't forget him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I know Raider fans are are oddly in a celebratory mood after this loss. Because, Heartless uh, bastards. Hey, pour one out for Paul Gunther. I mean, he was he a was guy that came in with a good reputation. You know, when we first got to know him, you liked him, and he was a guy you, you kind of felt bad for early that first year because he really just didn't have any weapons on that defensive side of the ball but it's been long enough and just things have not worked out for him and so uh they had to make the move and uh, and we'll see how it turns out over the final 3 games and we'll see what they're able to do next year if they uh, if they keep Marinelli around or who uh, who Gruden goes ahead and brings in, but uh, that'll wrap up our post game state of the nation. We will be back again post game on Thursday night after the Raiders take on the Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Talk to you later. Adios.